Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we are interviewing a woman entrepreneur with a long line of successful engagements in the world of human resources. She's going to be sharing some of her game-changing advice that can help you to recruit and retain the best and brightest employees, so stay tuned. But before we meet her, let's hear from our very important show sponsors, Baker Tilly and Sunbelt Business Advisors. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880. Sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with a friend and colleague of mine, Amy Cruz. In fact, she was the catcher and I was the pitcher when we were in high school together. That's how long (laughs) we've known each other. She is an HR executive and has been for many years. And if there's one thing I know about Amy... It's that she not only knows her stuff, but that she's an expert at delivery of service. So it is with great pleasure and honor that Amy is here to be on the show. Thank you for joining us, Amy. Thank you, Julie. I feel honored to be here and invited. Awesome. Well, let's just say that HR is a pretty darn hot topic right now. And so I think the timing for you to be here today is perfect. Um, I would have to say that nearly all of my clients are having some issue with HR matters, whether it's trying to recruit the right people, retaining good people, having good onboarding practices, things like that, workforce Mm -hmm. shortage, just just finding people, right? And Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about all of those things Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Um, And so if you're out there and you're listening and you're going, wow, um, it really is a jungle for me, then um, listen up. Um, Amy's going to be providing you with some really great advice. And so before we do that, though, 
Um, as I customarily do, I like to ask my guests just to share a little bit about themselves and their backgrounds so we can get a little context on who you are. Yeah, sure. So I have about 25 years in human resources and mm-hmm. mostly as a generalist. So kind of spans the whole gambit of, of HR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with a telecommunications company, worked there for about 13 years. And when I left, I did not realize how well they trained me in HR. They really provided some great, um, just good opportunity, um, traveled, um, trained. It was just really a good opportunity. Uh, when I left them, um, I joined Pantera at their, oh, yeah. uh, you know, corporate mm-hmm. headquarters over in Golden Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a $3 billion manufacturer and had uh, global operations. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I worked with my husband for a little bit. So I know how to run a business mm-hmm. and do the financials and what it means when you can't get materials, things like that. Um, and then um, I worked for a metal fabrication company. And then I also worked for a plastic injection molding company. So manufacturing is really kind of my niche. Mm. Yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head, right? Because I think that a lot of manufacturing firms are the ones that are having the hardest time finding those people, like people for the shop, people for the yard, people for the field, um, wherever they've got, you know, um, frontline workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm glad that we're going to talk about that today. But um, let's talk about how you and I know each other and some of the work that we've done together. Right. Um, you know, I refer you as often as I can Same. because yeah. <laughs> because I, I know the quality of work that you provide. And you and I, of course, have worked with several clients now on the exit planning process. And uh, I just appreciate your leadership and how you've kind of led uh, these organizations, these two organizations down this path. And it's not really, those two may be active, but we also worked on some others mm-hmm. um, over the course of our our knowing each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been great and there'll be many more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excited for that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's, let's talk about what you're seeing now, um, employment trends, like maybe over the past 12 months, let's just take a look at how things are changing and what's going on out there. Yeah. So, um, uh, HR has, uh, taken the stage in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, navigating COVID was by far the biggest, largest challenge for any business. Um, I actually felt kind of empathetic for those organizations that didn't have HR on staff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's one, uh, I have a friend who owns an equipment business and he and I have frequently discussed how he hired an HR person just before the pandemic. And he's he's like, Amy, I cannot tell you how much she has done and how valuable she has been. So, um, what I, what I have generally found in my past, though, is that business leaders are not very excited about HR. And the reason yeah. for that, I think, is they think that they need HR to avoid any legal complications mm-hmm. and, and how to get employees paid. <laughs> um, and, and what they really want to do is just find good employees who are able to, to perform the duties of the job, right? And if possible, they want to plug and play so that when that person starts on their first day, they can sit down in the chair and do the job, like right now, without training, without anything. Um, Sounds familiar. And, you know, the business owner wants to focus on how to make product. Um, How do I interact with my customers? And how do I make money? Right? Right. So HR is kind of that necessary evil. Then when we're talking about um, employers and the struggles that they have, especially, you know, post-pandemic, because we're kind of post-pandemic now, um, but finding the people, I think that just finding people to apply, um, 
you know, we obviously we want the best and brightest, but the best and brightest don't always apply. So let's talk about that for a minute. So, you know, I, I chuckle when I think about this recruiting because everybody has trouble, even me, and I've been doing it for 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a few things that I've learned about recruiting that I'd really like to just talk about. Please do. Um, out with the old and in with the new. And um, so, you know, there was a time when you would post a position in the newspaper and you would get a stack of resumes and you would, you know, go through them, pick out the best candidate mm-hmm. and you could hire the best candidate. Right. And the, the employee was the one who thought they weren't going to get a job. Boy, has that changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So nowadays I tell people uh, if you email a candidate and you don't hear from them within 24 hours or 48 hours, text them. And in fact, text them first because okay. it's quicker and people respond and they expect that, that sort of communication. Mm. Because of the age group, do you think, or just because of our society or both? Yeah, I think everybody's just used to technology and that's how we communicate. Okay. And, and really, um, even though we have this five generations right now in the workforce, yes. everyone has a cell phone. Yes. And you can get in touch with everybody at any time. Sure. Okay. So that's a good piece of advice versus emailing. Let's text them mm-hmm. just to see what the status is of mm-hmm. of what, what like texting after you get their app and just say, hey, I got your application or um, let's set up an interview or. Yep. Okay. Yep. All of the above. Yep. And there are um, lots of um, times when you don't hear back from people or you schedule an interview and they're not showing up. Yes. They, they call it ghosting now, and yes. it is it is alive and well. Oh, my gosh. Why do you think that is? I think that they can uh, pick and choose. Yeah. They can pick and choose where to go. They really so, can. Mm-hmm. And, and so, okay, let's talk about this for a second. If, if I'm an employer and this is happening to me often, mm-hmm. okay, I'm thinking of someone in particular, what can I change up about that? Mm-hmm. Like, is it because of the job description that I've posted? Is it because I'm not going through the right channels? What are some ideas around that? What What I would recommend is that you move as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. right? So because they have other opportunity and uh, whatever feels good and comes through at the time is, is the path they're going to follow. Mm-hmm. And okay, so then um, maybe as long as we're going down this path of solutions, um, another situation that came up recently mm-hmm. where someone accepted a job mm-hmm. and then called about two days or three days mm-hmm. before they were supposed to start and said that they took a position elsewhere. Yes. That's happening too. It's happening a lot. Very disappointing. In fact, um, a term I heard just yesterday was that we're calling this the great reshuffle. People are leaving where they were unhappy because of how things were handled. Maybe it was because of the pandemic, or maybe they were unhappy before that, and they hung out to stay Mm -hmm. um, for job security or just to help their employer, but they really weren't happy, and so they've left. And that's happening all over the country. Yep, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's unfortunate because what happens is that you lose out on that all of the activity that you've done with the recruiting and you invested in Mm -hmm. that one person. Um, I talk a lot about um, the the sourcing and pre-hire and how you onboard uh, candidates. And right now, the actual onboarding program Mm -hmm. and process is critical for employers. 
I would highly recommend if you don't have a good onboarding program to brush up your HR skills in that area. Mm-hmm. And onboarding is not one day. It's not one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, plan 90 days. 90 days. And so uh, a lot of, I think a lot of company owners out there who are hiring people are, when they think of onboarding, they think, oh yeah, we have them fill out all their documents and we introduce them to a couple people. We show them where the lunchroom is. Correct. And that's what they consider to be onboarding. That's so onboarding. let's let's talk about it. What, what so, is it? So onboarding is a little bit more than that. What I like to do is create an orientation plan. Sure, and sure. And that orientation plan, that first day is exactly what you just said. And, and not the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that that employee knows that new employee knows that you care about them and you've thought about them. You have their desk ready. You have their business cards mm, proofed, not ordered yet. Sure. You want to make sure that you can see the whites of their eyes before they show up, <laughs> before you order them. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, so you meet with HR. Maybe you have lunch. Sure. But you you try and give them an assignment their first day, if possible, and you introduce them to the critical people that they're going to uh, work with on an ongoing basis, and you have it scheduled. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you create the schedule. It means that you tell them you're going to learn the quality system. You're going to learn how to run the E33 or you're, you know, uh, and this person is the person that I've coordinated to train you and teach you how to do this. Mm-hmm. So the quicker that you can teach them about your culture and um, engage that employee, uh, the, the, the faster you're going to have somebody that's productive. Well, and unfortunately, I think that with some of the employers out there, because we're talking a lot about baby boomers these days, the old way, which you said out with the old and with the new, but the old way was, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we're just going to have you come in and you're going to train with this person and that person. But there wasn't, there really isn't or wasn't a schedule. And in fact, some of the people who were in charge of doing the training weren't even informed that they were going to have to take away time from their day yep. to do that. Exactly. Right? So that's that's a disconnect right away, right out of the gate, right? Exactly. And so then the trainer's feeling a little bit uh, uh, bitter, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, especially because they're busy, right? They got a lot going on. And then the new employee's like, well, nobody really cares about me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to hire a warm body. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where the mentorship program, I think, comes in. Mm. Um, and and I, I'd like to talk just a little bit about that in the sense that yes. um, people think that our ment- mentors are somebody that trains you on how to do the job. Mm-hmm. A mentor could be that, um, but it's a lot more than that. It's um, if you formalize the program, uh, it it shows the employee that you uh, really you care about them. I keep mm-hmm. saying that, but that's pretty critical. That's a critical it's very component. Critical. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that mentor is somebody who is going to give you input and feedback on how you're performing. And so it's a more formalized process versus just having the trainer uh, go to the boss and say, I don't think this person's cutting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's, it's make sure that you're guiding them along. Right. Um, and I mean, I have a mentorship program that I've, that I've drafted and it is, uh, it's, it's a bigger um, initiative than it is to just have a trainer. The other thing I will say is not everybody can be a trainer and not everybody can be a mentor. Oh, boy. That is the absolute truth. Yep. That's kind of one thing that is similar to what I share with my clients is that when we're talking about assessing the people who have supervisory uh, responsibilities to, first of all, let's figure out, are they a leader or are they a manager? Mm-hmm. Because a, a leader and a manager are not the mm-hmm. same thing. That's right. Um, and leaders don't tend to make very good supervisors. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, if you have a collaborative uh, culture and environment, you don't really need to have that manager. Mm. You have people that can think for themselves, and then the leader can do their job mm. and lead more broadly. That sounds like a utopia to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Well, so so mentorship, leadership, generational differences, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't touched on those yet. Let's talk about those for a minute. So um, one of the things that I've noticed in the last, um, I will say, couple years is that um, business owners have to change, kind of change their mindset and how they manage. So if you think about the generations, right, so we're... Um, we have five generations in the in the workforce right now. Mm. Um, people are working into their seventies and later. Um, if you think about the baby boomers, um, you know, so we've got baby boomers, Generation X. We have millennials, which is also Generation Y, and then we have these um, uh, Gen Zs that have now <laughs> entered the workforce. Yes. So you know, the baby boomers they are loyal. They follow rules. Um, they're kind of less willing to change. Mm-hmm. Our Generation Xers, very independent, are resourceful, um, informal, and they started out with learning computers. Yes. Right? Yes. So now we're into the millennial age, and we, they're motivated. They're passion, they have passion for learning. Mm-hmm. Um, they challenge the status quo. They'll go to the leader and say, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, where baby boomers don't do that. No. And they grew up with the internet. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and they're willing to change as well, and they're flexible. And then we have uh, Gen Zs, and they just want to have an impact on the world. <laughs> so now you're a yeah. leader, and, and consider this. If you are a baby boomer, and you're a leader, and you're hiring somebody that's a Gen Z or a millennial, and you're trying to figure out, why is that person coming to me and, and talking to me that way? And then you've got the baby boomer who's next to them that's saying, do you know that that person is, you know, whatever, not coming into work, or they they learned that one job for one week and now they think they can move on and they're asking for a raise. Um, so it's, you know, so now as a leader, you're trying to figure out how to manage these different generations. And it is a huge challenge for people. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I guess I'd like to stress that, uh, we need them all. We need them all in the workforce. Absolutely. And I'll give you another example. So, um, you know, when I worked for the mold building company, they had the ability, they were just tremendous at their job. Um, they could build a mold at, with two-tenths tolerance, very, very tight tolerances. Mm-hmm. You can't graduate from Dunwoody and come out with that skill set. You wow. have to work along a baby, alongside a baby boomer sure. or a Generation Xer or somebody to learn the trade. And you can't learn it in a year or two. It sure. takes five years. Yes. So my employee population was 50 and 60-year-olds that mm. were really good at what they did. I had probably three people in their 40s, mm. probably zero in the 30s. Mm. And now people are starting to come, to come out of the tech schools. They're working a little harder to, to bring uh, these students out with Thank the skill set. Thank goodness. Uh, but employers have to take the time to engage in the tech schools and, and teach the schools what they need to know. Yes. So it's, Amen. It's an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so out of that, you could even uh, develop some kind of an apprenticeship program. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, it's another program and it feels like maybe it's complex, but it really is not complex mm-hmm. in the sense that um, once you have it, it defined, you find that person that fits your culture. They have the education. They're going to bring the skill set. And then you're going to enter them into that program and you're going to treat them well. 
Yeah, because they're already acclimated into your business and they know everybody. And yeah, it, it, it really is a great way to bring on uh, full-time employees, yep. you know, for you to test the waters with them and vice versa. My, my last employer uh, did a really good job of mapping out the training process in three-month increments mm. and then would give increases as more regularly than what an average employee would get. Mm. So that you Smart. Can, you continue to communicate with them, you you continue to provide input, um, and then you'd rotate them throughout your uh, organization so that they learn different areas, and then you can see that they become a really well-rounded employee. And then they have experience with the different baby boomers, mm-hmm. um, and they learn different techniques, and it gets them up to speed much faster. Well, to your point about the baby boomers um, and the older uh, employee workforce that this is another problem right in in a lot of um, companies out there where the workforce is aging and so it's not just the owner that needs to be thinking about their transition plan they have an aging workforce that needs to get um, successors groomed that's right and like you just said it isn't something you can do in a year yep yeah that's right so Mm -hmm. to get that apprenticeship program or something like that up to speed as quickly as possible is pretty pretty critical Excellent. Wow. We could keep on a going here. Um, well, we, could, we could talk for a long time. <laughs> yes, we could. Let's just talk really quick about leadership because we didn't, we didn't get there yet. And I just like to have you um, give us your take on that and what you're seeing out there. So that is something I could talk for, yes, a long, long, long time ago about. Um, but there's a couple of things that I want to say. Um, one is uh, don't be quick to get rid of your current employees. Invest in them. If there's somebody that is a cultural fit and they are able to learn, invest in them. Right now what's happening is employees, because of the labor shortage, employees are taking on other jobs Yes, that are not, it's not what they signed up for. So treat them well, train them. If they're not doing their job, do your best to keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you have to get rid of somebody, do it swiftly. And, yes. And when I say swiftly, what I mean is make sure you're giving the verbal warnings, the written warnings, tell an employee very clearly what the expectations are. Yes. So that when you terminate somebody, you're doing it well because right. other employees are watching. Yes. You don't want your employee base to see that you're a hothead. Right. And the other thing I will say about hotheads, if you're a leader and you're a hothead, I would go online and listen to Simon Sinek or John C. <laughs> Maxwell or somebody, and I would learn how to find a coach or find another way um, to treat your employees because they can go to any employer yes. and, um, and demand what they want, and you want to do everything you can to keep them. That so. is the name of the game these days, isn't it? Retaining employees. Yep. So yeah. I would say invest, mm-hmm. invest in your leaders, build your culture, keep your employee, uh, current employees if possible, build that mentorship program, build that apprenticeship program. Great recommendations. And let's just say those one more time in case someone was missing out. <laughs> sure. And I feel yeah. like I missed one because I forgot about the orientation plan. So okay. I'm going to say this, Rein- or, or invest in your leaders, build your culture to help you navigate, mm-hmm. um, keep current employees if possible, uh, create your apprenticeship program, your mentorship mentorship program, and uh, work to uh, onboard your employees uh, swiftly and clearly as possible. 
Well, and I'm sure that there are a lot of business owners out there listening to the show today that are going, wow, those are all great ideas, but how in the world do I get all that done? So my next question is, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> well, people can email me um, okay. or uh, send me a text. Okay. I, I answer those texts too. Uh, yeah, um, yes, you just do. Just call me. Yeah. So, What's uh, your phone number, Amy? 612-201-6047. And my email is cruz, C-R-E-W-S, hrconsulting at gmail.com. Perfect. And we will have that in the show notes so people can access that um, via the internet you know, when they're getting their episode um, emails. We send those out to our contacts. Um, there's lots of people out there, though, that aren't in our contacts, and so it's good for them to know that, that that's out there. Thank you, Julie. Yes, and for our listeners, this episode, like I said, will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website, as always, and that's poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues. We truly appreciate your reviews and your subscriptions and following us. Um, Share the love, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.